Hello everyone, welcome back to Conversations and Coffee Podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Be The Difference one-to-one training. Be The Difference are an elite one-to-one training and small group coaching company. They're well established in the Dublin area and are continuing to grow. They base their sessions and drills specifically for the player, whether that's football, fitness, position specific and the player's strengths and weaknesses. If you're serious about your football development, head over and train with the best. This podcast is also brought to you by samshorthallcoaching.com. Sam can help you get your ideal body with his effective online coaching plans. Sam motivates people to get the results they've always wanted through daily accountability and tailored plans to suit your busy lifestyle. Sam is a qualified personal trainer with 11 years experience with training and helping people reach their fitness goals. If you're serious about your training and well-being, head over to www.samshorthallcoaching.com. And the final sponsor for today's podcast is Coffee and Crepes. Coffee and Crepes are providing you the finest crepes available and the finest coffee on the market. Be sure to head over to their Instagram for more information. All links for the sponsors we've just mentioned will be below this podcast. Let's get into it. Hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome to Conversations and Coffee podcast. We are back and no better man to have in the studio for the first episode back. I'm calling the studio, but it's actually the couch. I'm going to start calling this the couch cast from now on. Um, because of COVID now, I am forced to um, switch up locations. And I have John Lally in the building. John, thanks so much yeah, for coming in. No worries. Probably no we should worries. be elbowing and all that jazz. That's all good, man. Um, John hosts his own podcast, The Real Talk uh, Podcast. He's currently um, plowing through the episodes, 20-something now at the minute, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. with COVID, you've switched up your stance a little bit as well. With yeah where you're recording, how you're shooting them, and how's that been going for you? Finding ways of doing it. Yeah, yeah, working with the resources you have and just getting on with it. You can look at the problem, the problem takes over, I look at the solution and the solution gets bigger, you know, so that's that's how we're doing it at the moment. So before you even start a podcast and before you kind of got into the, you know, various things you do now, that's got me to uh, come across you and be interested in your uh, story, you might share with people listening or watching in, um, what it was like growing up, where you grew up and kind of went to school and then progressed to kind of later life and ended up where you are. Sound, yeah. Now I, I was born in Kulach, um, and uh, my 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 mother lived in Kulach, um, and she moved us out of there. I think I was about three or six months old. Um, my, my siblings are obviously, I, I'm the youngest, was a lot older. Or they're a lot older. She moved us out there, and we moved from Kulak to Rahini, which is miles away. Um, and when I was younger, and uh, I grew up. It's Rahini, Dublin Five, nice area. I grew up there. I went to school. Um, I went to school locally. Um, school was a bit of a disaster. You know yourself. <laughs> what can you say? But um, I had went to a few schools. <laughs> Um, I went to a few schools in the area and um, you know school wasn't for me but still we, we hung on in there and um, yeah it was grand play football and done all the things that, that uh, young fellas normally do where where my estate is is right beside St. Anne's Park so St. Anne's Park one side of me and Dolly Mount Beach the other side of me you know what I mean so that's bang smack in the middle yeah, yeah it, was, it was whopper ground up around there why like, do you feel though what do you feel was the kind of factor in school that were you feel you were rebellious against institutions did you feel you just didn't get along with the teachers what was the kind of factor that maybe 
I felt like a caged tiger. You know, that's I come. I've words for it now, and I've read. I've read of a a, a young lad um, that was diagnosed that we paid for a diagnosis of uh, ADD, and so we read all the books and stuff like that. Um, and as a a, a guy who specialises on the subject, he's actually ADD himself. Um, Dr. Gabor Mate. Have you ever read any no, of his stuff? No. It's really good. He's a really good book there called Scattered Minds. But I remember when my youngest young fellow was kind of struggling in school a bit and I remember reading this book and it's just things to do and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm going through them all and I'm like, it's like, do you find it hard to follow direction? Yeah. <laughs> do you find it hard to concentrate? Just all these little things. Now, there's all labels for stuff. But not that I would be using ADD as as an excuse, but it's there's certain kids out there that just don't want to sit down and can't concentrate. And the teachers, the stuff they're trying to teach them doesn't suit them. Do you know what I mean? We're not supposed to be sat down in classrooms for hours on end learning monotonous garbage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some kids like me, thank God me saving grace was like St. Anne's Park or the beach or all we did was climb trees and, and float around the place. That's what we done. I always kind of felt at home doing that. Whereas in, like, I work outdoors now. I tried to work in offices for a while. Just couldn't do it, like. I need to be outdoors and that's just me, like, you know. Mm. So I, I, I found it hard to kind of sit in that environment for long periods of time and follow mm. direction and not that I was mad rebellious or anything I just I wasn't into it like you know yeah it's like your podcast of Wayne Hart actually um, I know we we're only talking off kind of yeah. about that but when Wayne talks about being moved to the tech yeah yeah and he talks about what is a tech and, and yeah. you know um, when he was talking to people they were saying the North Strand tick or something yeah like North that. Strand tick yeah you know and it was being slagged upon but he actually was kind of saying that was more what he would have ideally wanted. Why are people slagging this? It's yeah. woodwork. It's you know yeah. metal work. It's the the technical subjects like we're theory based reading. You know, uh, answering questions, yeah. listening to the teacher, um, nothing actually practical. You're not getting your hands into something. You're not learning a, a trade or a craft or anything like that. Like I know when I was in school, we had double mats, and then we might have had. Uh, you know, double mats, Irish. Torture. And then, you know, so you'd, you'd 40 minutes yeah. by three. So, you know, you had an hour and 20 minutes of torture, we could call it. And then you might have a little break and then you go to woodwork. Yeah. And there'd be just the people that were just like, you know, deflated and not interested at all, myself or whatever. As soon as everyone would go into that class, there'd be energy and you'd be actually, you'd have a relationship with the teacher and you'd be saying, how do you do that? And how do you do this? And you'd be looking to learn more. Clearly, there was more of an interest for most students that wanted to uh, make things or learn how to build things or channel into their creative side. Whereas it's quite monotonous, just reading and writing and yeah. listening. And and some kids like it. It then it all comes down to like finances. There's some kids out there that they're physical. You know what I mean? They have to move around the place and like boys like to wrestle and they like to climb trees and they like to do this stuff. Yet we're trying to sit them down in classrooms for long periods of time. I, I was just like that, you know. I was more comfortable outdoors. I felt better outdoors, you know what I mean? And 
and I had a teacher as well. I remember I was in third year, and uh, Mr. Fogarty was his name in, in St. Fintons and Sutton, um, one of my secondary schools, and uh, he used to say that as well. You'll end up in one of them techs. Now, I did like I didn't know what a bleeding tech was, you know what I mean? But this is what he used to say. Now, eventually, I did get an apprentice apprenticeship as an electrician, and I found them when I done that. It was like physical. I was suited for that. You know, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I liked it. Quite know? a technical job, but a lot of hands-on. And and I liked it, and I found it easy, and it was kind of the first time doing something that I I wasn't like I I I tell you, I'd probably had about four primary skills and at least four secondary skills. Easy, like. And I, I listened to you saying that it wasn't because you were moving around the place. No, no, I I stayed in the same place. It's just I'd. I'd never, I'd I'd probably be looking for, like I was always, I was probably kind of just rebelling, you know what I mean, a little like with teachers or whatever because I just wasn't into it and they had, I'm sure, they had their set program and it's like in a class of 40, these other 38 can sit down and shut the fuck up. But these two fuckers here are kicking off or doing whatever. Class Get rid of them. Or, yeah, whatever. Get rid of them. You know what I mean? Or some people could kind of somewhat hold it together. And, and then these, the other 25, they can just get with the program and just do it. Unfortunately, probably, I'm not blaming the schooler, but it just didn't meet my needs. You know, that's all. Yeah, do you feel though, like, do you feel it, it made you, as a child, being told, like, look, you're going to have to move school, so you're only out there moving into a school, and you're out there meeting friends, and you're in a group, and you're getting to know people, and then before you know it, then, you know, you get told, right, we're going to have to shift you another place, then you do the same, but you yeah. think, this is the one, now I'm staying here, <laughs> and then you go another one. Yeah. What was that like? Did it actually benefit you in terms of your social skills, and being able to move in and out of groups, and being able to, you know, make yourself known, and... and converse and build yeah. up relationships and trust because surely like you're only the building up trust with a group of people and then six months or a year later right we're going another place then you have to start over again yeah not like i never really struggled to make friends around them like i i went to a secondary schools i was in st fintons then i went to paul's for a year then i went to um and marion college <laughs> in rings end there sandy mount direction and then i went to the institute of education but i kind of float in i'd make friends and stuff now the institute of education i matured a bit but i was just like i was going through the motions just for me mad to keep her happy you know what i mean leaving cert i just i thought i'd never just get through the leaving cert till i could and some people are like going to college and all. i was like i would rather eat a bullet and do another four years of this that was mm. just me mm. you know works for loads of people yeah. just wasn't for me you know do you find the like being an electrician did that stimulate you a little bit it did a little it did it, yeah. it did it kind of it, i found it very easy and and now i see like what wayne was talking about on the podcast i understand like there's certain blokes out there that are technical and maybe school teachers and stuff could suss this from an early age instead of wasting people's time and they also pushed i don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing it's just they pushed then you can't get an apprenticeship now until i think you do your leaving whereas years ago you could kind of go into an apprenticeship from third year on Mm. you can't really do that anymore you know so to to i don't know how it works but like you mean to 
meet the criteria for the phases you have yes. to be a certain yes you need like a level five or something like that or whatever right, it is right. it could be all ordinary or foundation here and there but mm. they have to be all passes and and like i i never like i i kind of i it was the only time like i went into kevin street to do me tech so he used to do it like three months ago so beyond sites yeah. for like nine months and then three months in college sites for nine months and it's the only time in that kind of setting that i felt better and and wanted to learn and i was interested in it do you know what i mean mm. and like studied and done mm. well and do you think you were left to your own devices a little bit there though you would have been a bit more lenient was yes it, it was so it, it, was, it was very it was like if you turn up, you turn up. And if you don't, it's down to you. I find that as well. Like, I know this is going completely off topic, but mm. do you know, like, so you're a kid and, and you're out with a group of friends and everyone wants to drink. Yeah. And they're all going out on a Friday having a few drinks and you're not allowed to drink. Yeah, so you yeah. have a few. Yeah, And then yeah. you come home and you're trying to not get caught. Yeah. And then you hit an age and your mother and father say to you, do you know what, have a drink. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, oh, and then you have one. And then yeah. you're not really interested anymore, yeah. really. You know, it was the buzz of the kind of rebelling against it and not yeah. wanting to get caught. Like, do you think when you're in school, it's more like, you're not telling me what to do. You go to tech and then they're saying, right, well, if you don't show up tomorrow, Mr. Lally, that's no problem to me. Yeah. And then you're kind of going, no, I'm actually going to show up tomorrow because I do want to learn. Yeah. Do you know, it's weird how we work, don't we? I'm, I'm unusual because and I've come across other people like me as well. If you want to see me doing something, tell me I can't do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Just tell me I can't do that and I'll fucking do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It's, I'm not saying, I'm not promoting that. That's just the way I am. You know what I mean? It's it's like, suggest something to me and I'll go, yeah, I might do that. Mm. Whereas tell me I can't do it and you fucking see me doing it. Yeah. Like that creates a drive and a hunger in you. It's like, yeah. you're going against, um, a lot of people are like that as well. I find that we're in school that didn't really do great or whatever. In later years, some of them end up really successful and mm. it's nearly like they're trying to prove themselves to be like, mm. look at whatever the teacher said, oh, you'll end up in prison or yeah. you'll end up a waster. No, I won't. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And now some of them have successful businesses and some of them mightn't even have a successful business, but they, they reared a great family and mm. they have a house and it's just kind of like going against the odds. It's like, I wasn't destined to do any of this. I was told I'd be a nothing, but yeah. I ended up a something. But if the teacher said, you know, some of the people, you know, you were going on to do great things and sometimes they just didn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it was expected of them. Yeah. And I think a bit of maturity kicks in as well. Yeah, you know, definitely. it's it's we are mature different, you know. Um and I just it's skill like and now like I'm my young fella is it's is bright, you know, and now I've a fucking hunger and thirst for knowledge like I never had, you know, so mm. I don't know, it's just that system didn't kind of work for me but still I got on despite yeah. it you know what I mean and we talked about the rave scene and stuff like that and just just like more from the cultural end of it of what Dublin was like back then so you would have you know left school went to tech what age were you when kind of the rave scene hit Dublin and what was that like living that because I can only imagine what it was like and see videos maybe from archives but you lived it yeah no we, like it's mad like one of the the fellas I had on the podcast um, the other day he went off to South America and stuff he was kind of in our, it, how I'll, I'll explain how it affected me like my brother was a few years ahead of me and he had left school in fifth year or whatever 
and um, there was nothing going on like he couldn't get a job there was no jobs you know what I mean and um, this was my experience anyway so you see nowadays like there's so many jobs and even we're in the middle of COVID and the whole lot and like I only left my job a while ago and got a different job and I could take about five different jobs if I wanted whereas back then like I think my brother was sweeping the floors in crazy prices you know what I mean and lucky to get a couple of hours it was fucking nothing like so I was kind of coming behind them going through the motions but you know like now you talk to kids and they're all heads screwed on of what they want to do and blah 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 so kind of when the rave scene kicked off in, in our area so my mate that had done the podcast with the other day he would have been like a skateboarder and into like like the red hot chili peppers and all that kind of grungy music you know what i mean and this is all i can describe as and there was a few different groups of us and once the rave scene just hit it's like everybody just stopped doing what they were doing and just all merged together and just like went it was mad that's like people you wouldn't hang around with like in our area you know there was like i, I hung around with a couple of lads and there was a few different groups but we all just kind of it was like i was listening to at the time like the happy mondays and the stone roses and i was into that type of music and then i kind of really came across it in when i was in um marion college in it's uh at lansdowne road there and there was a friend of mine in 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 my class his name was brian parr he was from stalorgan he was actually a dj as well and he gave me a tape of liam dollard like a basf tape and he goes listen to this and dollard had kind of this mad like load of groupies in that stalorgan leopardstown area so i brought it home listened to it and i was just like what is this man this is, and it was a sides live tape or something like that. Dollard just sprayed them out everywhere. And um, Dollard had kind of a bit of mystique around them because he'd come back from England, which you won't understand this, but back then, like nobody went anywhere. There was no opportunities. When you went to England, you stayed there. You didn't come back. So he came back with all these weird sounding music. You know what I mean? And when I got this tape, I was like, what is that? And then that kind of sparked me interest. <laughs> and like this fella, Brian Parr, was going to like the mansion house and he was going to sides. He used to go to sides every week. And a couple of us started floating in then. And it was just like, this place is mad. What it was, was just, it like walking in? Your first time walking in, if you can remember. Like. It was just like the queue and the laneway. It was just... Because I was trying to go out. We all had our fake ideas, right? So where you went around where I grew up was like the cricket club in Clontarf, right? And you went down and you'd a few ex-bleeding Garda or retired Garda on the dog on sorry lads, not tonight. You're not wearing these shoes or them shoes. So when the rave scene kicked off, it didn't matter what you were wearing. Nobody said, sorry lads, not tonight. Your face, your faces don't fit or... It was just like doors open and it was like it didn't matter what age you were and then so do you think like that brought a level of acceptance then to like the people that probably felt um 
I don't fit in here or I don't know what I fit into or I don't know what group I, I fit into. When the rave scene came along, it was like, it doesn't matter who you are, what race you are, what culture you're from, what area you live in. When we go in here and the door shut, we're all... It, it, and that, like, sides was, like, it was started off, it had a huge gay community. You know what I mean? That's, it was a What gay, year are we talking here? You're talking, again, I went in, I think it was about 93. Right. About 93. Um, but it was gone long before that. Like, really, it's, I've heard Dollar talking about it. it was like 1990 when they said like 1990 to 91 was, was the best time. It was kind of dying off. So it was new then, you know what I mean? But I went in later. New to you? New to me. New to me as a teenager. Like, and um, and what age were you? I think it was about 16. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's about 16, <laughs> like, you know. Um, so what age is your youngest son? Now, uh, my youngest fella's uh, 12. And he, then uh, Max, Max is 17. <laughs> so yeah, Max, yeah, we were... Max like, rocking into listening to Dollar up the top. You know, it was, it was... it was. But you're saying walking in, like... like You walked into... It was like the mansion house. Any of them places. They were just like... Like, infernos. He, like... Fire regulations, good luck with any of that. It was just like sounds, music, nobody cared. It was just like, and and that's, I suppose why the authorities didn't like that rave scene. When you get so many people coming together and so many young people, it's like, there's fuck all opportunity. But this weekend is, this is what it's all about. You know what I mean? And mm. all different groups, like, you know. And that's what I always wonder. Like, was it a bit of a... um look Johnny over there is at the saying something to my mate and the row kicked off Not, was never. it everybody just came in and was just on such a good buzz never like I, I attended a rave down in Port Marnock the shelters where I swim out of now that was there was a rave down there there was other raves down in like Jemson's Cove and Hout and there was all these illegal raves all over the place you'd never see a row ever like that's crazy. Ever, yeah, yeah. The Garda be down. And I'm sure the Garda, because this was early on the scene, the Garda were normally used to breaking up loads of young fellas, baiting each other around, drinking. But then when ecstasy hit, nobody cared. There was no rows. Number one on the guards list is to make sure that nobody's hurt and to make sure that, you know, nobody's getting brought back to the station or yeah. getting brought home. Um or, or worse, you know, you know, dead. Um, probably the biggest concern was just like that you said before regulations back then yeah. the, the people that cared about it were the law probably the people in the places just were there just to yeah dance all night yeah. and have a great time yeah and then back to parties after it or wherever yeah. you know this that was kind of early and then you had then other people kind of coming in then the Temple of Sound started another great venue was where the Morrison Hotel was that was called the, the Almond Multimedia Centre that was kind of downstairs that was like you picture what that place is like you picture like say open air raves or not in, in warehouses that was basically a warehouse like you touched a wall and it was filthy you know what I mean it was but the sound carried it was a good venue like you know um, and then everyone tried to start as it grew on like the Templar sound they tried to cash in and then then um, you had the 
USI Club and all these other places like the Rock Garden start doing nights and stuff like that, you know. So um there was a vegetarian shop down on across from Trinity College there called the Runner Bean. They had a little session upstairs and I was like Columbia Mills. It was just places all over the place, like these dodgy little parties everywhere. So what happened? Like when did like obviously you get older and you mm. I mean you move on and yeah. you probably then started like looking to kind of I mean you're sixteen, then you mm. probably hit eighteen, I did what happened obviously I know you aged but in terms of the rave scene in Dublin as a whole when did it kind of crash I I I was in and out kind of quick and I've other friends of mine that never left and a lot of them are dead you know what I mean like you grew up in our yeah they had heroin problems crack problems drug problems you know so I was kind of into it that scene but I kind of always liked doing sport anyway, so I was kind of in and out over about two years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was still trying away, but I was still going to raves as well, you know? Um, and it kind of, I'd say it kind of really took a tongue, took a crash about, it was gone, more or less dead and buried about 96. I think when the Temple Theatre opened, that's it was done then, like it, people it always when the money men come into it it's gone you know what I mean it's mm. like when the authenticity is taken out of it what did John F. Kennedy's dad say when the shoeshine boy is telling you about stocks it's time to get out that's the way it kind of was it, it, it kind of had a lot of it's I, I noticed like you were going back to a few parties every now and again and, and kind of there was ropey dudes there and selling all sorts and beating it people up commercially not even commercial it just it had a Seedy a bad vibe about it you yeah, know and yeah. it just didn't feel good anymore you know yeah like that kind of um where you, you didn't care if you bumped into whoever or you went that into, was gone that was all kind of now like um it's kind of sad when you think of it, but it was probably with the drugs as well like there was capital there like we can make money from this it's, yeah. it's seen as this is the place we'll go in flooded with drugs whereas yeah. probably back in the day it was all about kind of just experimenting and Enjoying yeah. the music, yeah, and meeting yeah. people. Yeah, um, no, it was. I, I was always interested to know how it kind of ended because it, it ended the year I was born. Obviously, after you saying it there, and yeah. um, although it ended for you with that year, I know Temple Street came in, and how long did Temple Street? Temple Theatre was there after Temple Theatre was there about ninety nine and and went on, but it was I, never the same. I think the asylum. Somebody got shot in the asylum. I think I'm not bang on. I wasn't there ending that night, but. I think somebody got shot in the asylum it was early nineties, and then it was like a mad clampdown everywhere, and and it kind of, even before that, I, my opinion, it was kind of dead and buried then, you know, mm. but some people still continued on, like you know, it's mad, but yeah, but you got to about two thousand, it was nearly, uh, yeah, dead and buried at that stage, um, but it's mad that you can say you lived it as well. I know half of Dublin anyway, and probably a lot of the country that would have travelled up or whatever for it. Um, yeah. It was an experience. It was probably like the, the most prominent time of culture and music in Dublin in terms of like people find themselves creatively like DJs and mm. you say about the cassette tapes and yeah, it was, how you copied them and stuff yeah. like my generation growing up was uh, like a Nokia phone and we'd hold the phones together on infrared. Now I do remember tapes but they weren't mine. Like They, yeah, were, yeah. they were my mother or father's or grandparents yeah. tapes. Like So I, I, ha- I can't thankfully say like i have used 
a tape recorder yeah, to have yeah. used to, and I know what you're saying but we kind of evolved to like a Nokia phone or like a Sony Ericsson or a Motorola where we'd record the song from the telly or the radio yeah. and we'd have it as a sound and like you said with the tape the sound quality was never as good yeah, but yeah. we could have it and we'd listen to it to time evolves and things change to like the iPod come out to you know iPads come out yeah. to Spotify to YouTube to Facebook That's to Instagram yeah. to my five year old sister now goes to bed at night with a tablet yeah yeah do you know what I mean so it's yeah. like how things have changed like I'm glad when you talk back to saying like you know St. Dan's Park one side Dolly Mount the other climbing trees running around you know doing things you're supposed to do I done that too I got to live that childhood and I think a lot of people that um, grew up in the area I grew up in got to live that too but that's kind of gone now yeah it's, that's, it's, it's, it's not fully gone yeah it depends where you live and how you live mm. and the company you keep and stuff like that I see you know my brother's still he's out more than he's in yeah. but when he's in he has Fortnite and Call of Duty and yeah. he's playing Playstation the headset's on so all we had was like I come from flats so all I had was like come in I barely come in for me dinner like, yeah, yeah. I'd be screaming all yeah. the mothers would be out roaring saying yeah, yeah. dinner and we just bypass it to play another game of heads and volleys or you know yeah, yeah. climbing some building yeah. and uh, you know there wasn't a, a front in our runners like but yeah it's just great hearing you talk about your generation mm. then when I look at mine and now I look at you know you have a 12 year old son and a 17 year old son and I have younger siblings just time it's just it's an interesting old, mm. old thing you know I'm, I'm mm. sure you look back and probably say to yourself Jesus like you know look at the world now look at COVID look at yeah just look at everything like it's just mad isn't it I was a good like like we went out like sometimes you see the way you're talking like I'd say I bring me dogs off for a walk and I drive through one of these new estates and I park up and I have my influence with me or my wife walking the dogs and I, this is just foreign to me I see like parents right and they stand out on the road watching their kids play you know it's like we live in the safest time ever mm. kids don't like when I grew up kids got abducted and they never got found whereas that doesn't happen anymore but the way parents have become so fearful or terrified that they actually stand out on the road and watch their kids play. Like, I left my house at 9 o'clock in the morning when I was growing up at 6, 7, 8, and I didn't come in till 9 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and I never came in for my dinner, and all my mates were the same. That's what we done, like. I'm glad to say I got a bit of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, though, do you not think, I could be wrong in saying this, I don't want to be pointing the finger, but do you think the media is some sort of, how media has evolved in terms of, like, you know, you might have heard, Jay, someone's at the going missing, and you read it in the paper, and you might have seen it on the news, like, but now it's, like, with Facebook, you're hearing about X, Y, and you've Z. You've more information, like, you've yeah. more, nowadays, right, people say, I was actually talking to Colin Bourne about this, and I never, I never researched it, but he was saying to me that the percentage in people committing, uh, completing suicide sorry yeah, I shouldn't say committing because it's not a crime completing suicide it's never changed it's the percentages but when you see on Facebook you think everyone's roping themselves all over the place but we just have we're privy to more knowledge now like if somebody completes suicide somebody puts it up on Facebook then you see it and you're like Jesus there's another one I've seen someone Whereas years ago, you just didn't, you weren't privy to that type of information 
to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it, you'd hear about it, but now it's like, it's it's just now that with with social media and everything, it's just filtered through. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, when you look at like my grandmother, she gets up in the morning and she'll switch on the radio or mm. the news and she'll boil the kettle and have a slice of bread with a toast. Like she's waiting for the COVID numbers that day. Yes. Like so, her information is now designed in a way that like you know she's waiting to hear how many people have died today mm-hmm. she's waiting to hear how many positives yeah and you know like she's now like in her home she always says it to me like i don't mind the covid so much if you could go out and stuff like that it's just that she feels like a prisoner in her own home yeah she's listening to the same stuff every day you know it's i i just wanted to bring up the media in terms of that just because i think with how times have changed in terms of like maybe parents being a little bit more scared and how we've evolved to be like just extra safe on everything yeah like everything's gone pc like mm-hmm. you can't say anything now no, no. without offending someone yeah um and i think there's some good elements of it too that like you know people are safer and people are you know maybe not i think when you think back to like the catholic church and people mm. that were abused and they couldn't even speak out about it mm. nowadays you hear about someone being interfered with and it's like brilliant yeah yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's being dealt with the way mm-hmm. it should be mm. that guy in terra Nord that from the school yeah so i do think social media has power is powerful in some ways and good in some ways but also you can't like we're it's so negative it has yeah. to weigh you down yeah i i fear factor isn't it i don't I worked for the Irish Times, like my very first job when I left school was working for the Irish Times. I do not buy a newspaper anymore. Mm. I don't watch news. I don't really watch telly. I might watch a film on Netflix. That's about the height of it. Um, and what you're saying with the media and stuff and so much information out there. I'm, I'm reading a book um, and it's about this Nobel Peace Prize winner who, who designed, um, he won a Nobel Peace Prize uh, for he he looked at birds feeding like herring gulls and basically he designed similar colors to make people purchase to help people say herring gulls so when they when they're feeding their chicks when the baby chicks see the red mark on the beak they aim for the red beak and he started introducing fake beaks huh? fake beaks to them so he was putting a fake beak in but making the red bar red mark bigger and bigger and bigger the bigger the red mark got the crazier the chicks got to be fed so he worked this into marketing then on how to motivate people to buy stuff so you and i are being motivated by marketers by news by media outlets all the time seeds constantly being planted all the time to buy stuff to buy Louis Vuitton because your man up the road has it to buy all this stuff to make you feel better because you're feeling shit about yourself or you know what I mean so they use this stuff your grandmother is basically addicted by the news because she's terrified of these numbers and then the first person she meets when she's out with her mask on the first thing they're going to say, did you hear the numbers today? And that's what they're going to talk about. Yeah. And and fear sells. like it, It's been used to sell for, for years. And, and that's 
Unfortunately, I think RTE... We are attracted to some... RTE have posted their first profit in years. They've made 5 million this year on their news channels with just recycling this stuff all the time. So it's yeah, proven. I think with Irish culture, I can, I'm only speaking about Irish culture here because it's only the only one I can relate to. I can say with like bumping into... You, you bump into certain people from like, you know, my me, me grandmother's generation and they say like, you know, how are you today? And they say, oh, Jesus, Michelle down the road, she's fucking cancer. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, Jesus, like, you know, that's a bit intense. Like, how are yeah, you anyway? Yeah. I'm not too good. Me back's at me. And, you know, we're always talking and incorporating our health into mm-hmm. things. Like, with, you know, your one down the road just passed away, or mm-hmm. Jesus, he's back in hospital. And so we're always looking and honing in on those negatives in terms of healthcare. So now that the news are blasting out, yeah. you know, man in ICU loses wife in the next ward yeah yeah and then uh, finds out and couldn't even say goodbye and you know they haven't seen each other in six weeks because they both had COVID and you know like that's what we're that's the type of stuff we're being told now and like yeah. that is bound to have an effect on our 100%. mental health massively and I'm just thinking of my grandmother and, and people from that generation that like they've lived their life for so long and you know they should be at a time in their life where all they're doing is spending time with their grandkids mm. and, and just living their last few years out, whether it's 10, 20, 30 years out, just in peace, yeah. not having to work, not having to cook all the time, not having to, you know, be cleaning the house from top to bottom, being looked after by the, the, the kids they brought up and the grandkids. But now they're like prisoners in their own home. Yeah, People are pulling up outside and wishing them 70th birthdays and 80th birthdays with balloons at the car and a cake. Like, it's, it's nobody's fault, but it's just like... Mm. The times we're living in right now we've accepted that as the norm yeah and and the media and everything i just think it's so honestly you have to just switch off from allowing that become like one of the biggest things you digest each day you will be happier that's Definitely. guaranteed you will mm. be happier by switching it off you, know? you control what you seem to sound with saying what films you're watching documentaries yeah yeah you yeah. you are conscious of that oh yeah yeah that pr- like 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 what you like if you listen to negative stuff all the time if you hang around with negative people if you sit in a barber's chair long enough you're gonna get your hair cut <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. you know that's just simple facts so I I, I, I do I, I steer clear of that now you know what mm. I mean because it's yeah. um, and do you filter that down to your kids I they wouldn't really look at that anyway they look at YouTube and stuff right, okay. like art like I was brought up on I used to read the Sunday Business Post. I always read them papers. You know what I mean? I used to read the Irish Times. I read the Irish Independent during the week. I read a lot. Yeah, no, when I say it with your kids, I mean, like, in terms of what they digest in a whole, like, are they conscious of what's on Instagram and are they into materialistic things? Because it is very much heavy in their yeah, generation. Not my youngest fella would be. My older fella wouldn't be at all. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's easy me as a parent. The easiest thing for a parent is to go oh that's social media's fault or that's marketer's fault or that's now it's my fault so i explained to him do you understand like he was like asking for a canada goose jacket because six of his he mates have yeah, yeah six of his mates have canada goose jackets and he's saying christian do you understand how much that costs and that isn't going to make you feel to fit in with that gang but you know what is going to be different if you're wearing a different jacket and try and explain it to them that way. That's how we do it. You know what I mean? Mm. 
and I wanted to ask you now that brings me on to kind of finishing up the podcast in a, mm. in a more positive way yeah. um, I don't want to touch on negative too much but yeah, it is yeah, important yeah, yeah. but what sort of an impact has Jiu Jitsu had on Max especially but wrestling and yeah. the MMA scene had on Max and then that obviously Max would, would uh, shadow down to Christian and then watching you on the Matt's purple belt mm. still purple yeah, belt yeah purple yeah, belt, so yeah. what sort of impact has the MMA scene excluding McGregor with yeah, the impact yeah. he's had on the country he's blew it up he's yeah. put it on a massive scale but our friends that were doing it before yeah. people even understood it like Lee Hammond all these people they, yeah. they deserve massive credit Sam Dorn's doing very great things as well but as a father having kids in that community how much easier does that make your job or how much um, more beneficial is is that it's it's whether a kid is and I, I was involved in cycling and, and kind of individual things but MMA or Jiu Jitsu Jiu Jitsu will speak about more because I kind of know more and wrestling like you have teammates you have training partners and you see these training partners all the time like your Gary Rooney's, your Ryan Cordes's, all these guys, Danny Hall, Scott Harvey, um, Richie Smullen, Lee Hammond, you mentioned. So all these people. So you see them from time to time and you're, you're gauging your jiu-jitsu off them. But when you train with them, yeah, you all try and kill each other. But then you sit down and have a chat at the end. And we were speaking off camera about this and, and the reason why the jiu-jitsu community is, is kind of different and people that stay in it is because jiu-jitsu filters out the shy bags. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it not negative, it it's a positive because it's so tough. Yeah. It's tough and not physically tough, it's mentally tough because if I'm killing you last week and I'm feeling great about it. I'm not murdering you, and, and and in a nice way. And then you start catching me. I'm like, Jesus! I have to step her up here. So mm. you're constantly that evolving. You're constantly trying to figure things out. And somebody that doesn't like to be humbled and doesn't like that, kind of just bolts, bottles it. Yeah, this isn't for me. And they find some excuse. Oh yeah, I'm after breaking mm. a fingernail or whatever. But it's it's. We are, like, human beings are a tribal people. And I say this all the time. Bees, bees need a hive. Humans need a tribe. And we need a community. So the benefits to my son, my two sons of that is, this community that you're involved in, he wrestles with Sergey. Both of them wrestle with Sergey, And both of them do jiu-jitsu. Max isn't in headquarters at the moment with covid um, he, he can't get over there with COVID. Trying at home, doing his own thing. Sega does a lot on Zoom as well. Um, Max has the paperwork to train at the moment because he has a fight coming up, so he's allowed to train. Mm-hmm. But a bit closer to home, um, you're part of something, you're part of a community, you have a belonging. Like, part of the problem outside on the streets is. You've young fellas going all around the place trying to prove themselves that how big they are, how hard they are. And really, me looking back on my teenage years or any people I came across, myself included, like that, they were just really insecure, kind of lost. And they're trying to prove themselves to older lads, whereas proving yourself to younger guys or your community on the map is a lot better than 
trying to prove yourself in in the wrong circumstances outside do you know what i mean mm. so you you have a belonging so you don't need to like have that that insecurity filled with with bad stuff you know what i mean because it's being filled with positive stuff on a mats testing yourself against guys you're trying to submit they're trying to submit you and it's a uh, it's all fellas trying to get better so together if you surround yourselves with blokes all trying to strive to get better mm. there's only one way it's it's some well, might go quicker some mm. might go slower but mm. everyone's going the same direction a great way of for people that aren't in that um environment or in that kind of uh in that gym or in that atmosphere is the grading yeah yeah the grading system i've witnessed it once is like it shows the sense of community it shows the sense of encouragement it shows the sense of uh when one of us grow well that could be me next yeah yeah you know i was rolling with him and i submitted him so yeah. hang on a minute why yeah. can't i be the next poor yeah, or yeah. brown or black and um, i was at one of them and i was like i didn't partake in it um as in you know like paddy hooligans when i watched colin done a great video of it. yes you know it's great for anybody that can have a look at it that can't visualize what it is you basically have to roll with every single person yeah that's that's present and it's very very hard it's tough mentally physically mm. draining um but everybody's there rolling with you because to get the belt you've got to go through all these guys yeah and them guys will have to go through it and yeah. the next crew that come in will have to go through it. it's a real like you know you only get stronger from it and yeah. the people rolling with you as you're about to get your brown belt or whatever it is, um, they don't want to go through it just as much as you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're going to be next. Mm. They're going to be the one getting it. But it's the end result. It's the reward at the end of it. It's getting hand that belt, going from a white belt, getting your tips and going and building and building and building. And who you build with. Yeah, yeah. You know, you might start with someone in the two of your white belts and then 10 years later you have both black belts or whatever you, you know yeah, and, and jiu jitsu it, it's not something you go to and do in the gym and leave and that's it's, there's a lifestyle there around it there is a lifestyle exactly it's, yeah. it's like I, I talk with the lads all the time and y you mentioned Paddy there I talk with Paddy nearly every day every second day it's a, it's a whole like the Rooney's it's it's different it's different than anything I've ever experienced with other sports that I've done it's just it's a lot different you know what I mean and and even though my son it's course. yeah it gives you a like Victor Frankl talks about that in his book Man's Search for Meaning that finding finding or Nietzsche talks about finding your why and I, I get that with it like it's I thought I'd never get a blue belt like that was the thing want to get a blue belt want to get a blue belt now I couldn't give a fuck about belts but I just want to be doing jiu-jitsu every day actively yeah just every day I don't be one of them people that shows up like twice a week like I would train pre-covid I train Monday, Wednesday, Friday and train then Tuesday, Thursday nights and if I'll do an open mat on a Saturday I'll do an open mat on a Saturday so there's so a big commitment 5-6 times a week but it, I'm not killing myself them nights but you're on the mats you feel alive Active, man yeah. you know you feel alive so you're not necessarily there to get into the nitty gritty sweaty you know physical Happening, yeah, it could be just lightly. We get two, two hard nights in there, yeah, be two but, hard but nights. The other four aren't 
Drilling. Yeah, Drilling technique. Kind of, yeah, they're mm. just and, and it's more probably you going on the mat just to get that feel of being around the sense of community and touching base with people. Yeah. How are you keeping? How are you getting on? Ah, I'm a bit of a shit week or this yeah. and that. But come here for a minute and then it's just fizzle it out on the mat. So you come in in bad form and, and you know you had a shitty day, shitty week yeah. and you leave the mat and it's like it's like going in for the sea swim. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go out, you're probably driving out in the bleeding height, or you go up out of bed, you're off and you're going yeah. to walk after this. But then you finish your swim and you're like dying for the day, you're buzzing. Yeah. You come out and you get this, you know, you're releasing all this dopamine and you're just all these endorphins. It's like, I think it's, I think the thing they both have in common and both relevant to you because you partake in both of them is they both have community. Yeah. So, you know, you don't swim alone, but you probably would. Yeah. You don't cycle alone, but you probably would. Yeah. But it's meeting that me. No, 100%. 100 yeah. percent it's it's like that that community that's what really like as the older i've got I, I couldn't put a finger on it in that rave sense because oh, even though it was yeah, a community yeah, like even i couldn't put a finger words on it you i was part of that group Um, there's lots of drugs involved and stuff like that but this is different you know that kind of fizzled up out real quick but this is similar but it's that type of movement as well there's a reason why everyone's starting to do jiu-jitsu and it's it's yeah but i think you're right as well though it's trendy and it's like it's a it's a phase for it's people. tough it's, it's a it's a hot thing at the moment yeah but yeah the real ones will yeah you know, some will fizzle out you know yeah, i yeah. i done it and i fizzled out and yeah. my excuse was time yeah, yeah i created in my head that i didn't have the time to go and train yeah. which is a complete lie because yeah. if i really wanted it i would have yeah. I probably my ego would have took a hit and I probably was not embarrassed but probably like I'm not good enough for this yeah. whereas if I got past that phase I'd probably be a blue now I'd probably I don't yeah, know, yeah. but I need to and, and I'm able to sit here and say that which is yeah. great because that'll be the reason and the driving force to make me go back well, if I can accept that and face that then I'll go back well Paddy up in SBG D24 he has um, be well after COVID when we get through this he's in early morning class which Gary Rooney takes a half six so I do the half sixes down in Roddy's Monday, Wednesday, Friday so if there's a half six class on in the morning there's no fucking excuses you know I'm out there showered by about quarter eight I'm in work for half eight and all the lads I walk are like this bleeding kip and I'm after strangling about 20 people Releasing getting strangled yeah. I'm high on life you know what yeah, I mean can't wait to get into work like it's mad. The happy difference. yeah the difference you know? in that like yeah. I used to go swimming with the happy pair a lot I used to go consecutive, like, consecutively for weeks upon yeah. weeks and then when I stopped the difference in it yeah yeah you know um, it, it was a commitment but yeah. the feeling you got from it was like I should be paying for this. Yeah. Like I'm going out and swimming in the sea with these people and it's great and you're having a nice warm brew after and you're having nice food after and good breakfast, healthy breakfast, stretching. Yeah. And then you're like, kind of saying to yourself, how is this stuff free? But, do you know but, what I mean? But you doing that and me doing what I do, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, I have to pay the bills. I have to pay the bills. The job is there. But I can do that fun stuff either side of that paying the bills. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or if I can find an avenue of doing it mm. while I can play the bills more or finding something, yeah, we're all we're all searching for that as well. You know yeah, what I mean? I agree with you there. I think we're, the whole point we both made here in the podcast is community. Mm. It's like how important community is and how COVID eliminates community. Mm. But when it's gone, 
we'll probably end up yeah. hugging each other and yeah. kissing each other and rolling with each other more than we ever did before yeah. because we'll appreciate what was taken away from us like you know when you get to sit outside a restaurant again and have a cup of coffee and have a, a glass of wine or a meal that's a big deal like that mm-hmm. sitting outside again or sitting in a bar again or sitting in a restaurant or going to a wedding with 200 people or going on a holiday yeah. it's only then we'll realise well hang on a minute this was something we done all the time and never thought twice about it yeah. so I think that community will hopefully come back stronger yeah. and it might ignite something as in you know I know this might sound crazy but in the early 90s the rave scene came and created a community and mm-hmm. it died by 2000 yeah. we've went 20 years kind of recession in and out mm. you know country up and down i can't say it like i like i lived it but i was obviously alive for it and um, it didn't affect me too much i was only a kid but now this is my kind of uh, time where the culture is being divided and what way will it come back well i i think like it's happening at the moment i'm actively involved in sea swimming and it's the only thing that's not down there is like well there's a bit of bleeding dance music and a bit of house music but there's no drugs but it's the same vibe do you know what I mean with the sea swimming you're getting all these different people who you never mix with um, I was talking with a bloke there a while ago who designed the, the, the who's designed software to land a, a module on Neptune you know what I mean? Down sea swimming. Like in Port in, Marley. He's in Port Marley. And, and there's there's all different so Man. like there's all these different types of people down there that are sea swimming. Like you just yeah. don't know. Like a, a Jonathan, do you know Jonathan from Ernesto's coffee? Yes, yeah, he yeah. swims out the, the other side. Yeah, yeah, he swims out the other side, yeah. Good name loads like Dean yeah. Scurry, all them yeah. guys like it's not they're not just doing it for or just doing it because yeah. you know it's seen as cool and Dean's cousin was a DJ Billy in sides yeah mad, Dean's yeah he mad. was one of the DJs Dean's and coming on the podcast if you don't see him yeah. for anyone who doesn't know who Dean is he's essentially one of the most prolific figures involved in the Apollo house yeah yeah um, you know like the Damien Dempsey's and all those guys yeah. that came together and done what they've done yeah. for the homeless and um, before I finish up um, I'm going to plug um, the Real Talk podcast um, below this um, whether you're on Spotify iTunes or YouTube um, you'll find the links for um, John's various uh, platforms um, John releases podcasts as well uh, visually um, so yeah. I, he has a studio and he works out of that but at the minute they're being recorded from a van so you're going to catch them on Instagram um, so we call him the man with the van for a minute yeah. but um, yeah so make sure you head over and watch them he's, he's some great podcasts and um, I think you've 20 something podcasts yeah. but I, I haven't listened to them all but for anyone I've listened to so far they're all uh, topping each other each time like you're, you're, you're definitely riding away for you doing great things that's why I asked John and I feel like when I was watching them I knew you yeah, yeah. but I didn't because yeah, I came yeah. in here now today um, you know you just kind of uh, you, you, you spoke about stuff that you, you never spoke about you, you clearly can just delve into anything you're a bit like Colin Bourne yeah. uh, he's a great man to chat to and it was an absolute pleasure chatting to you um, so make sure you head on over um, and, and follow um, and follow his son's page as well Maximus make sure you yeah keep Maximus is, is, is he's um, a big fight soon, is that, that he's, said, yeah, yeah he's on K's legacy his second MMA fight um, his second MMA fight and he's training hard for Russia is fully open at the moment so the IMF world MMA amateur championships are in Russia in St. Petersburg 
at the end of August. So they're all vaccinated. They're all eating in restaurants. Everything's cool to go there. So he is trying his best to qualify for Ireland for that. Big. Yeah, so he he turns he turns um he turns eighteen at the start of August, that's at the end of August. So he wants to fight amateur. So yeah, he's nice. gonna try to qualify. Yeah. Um so yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. The podcast officially back, no better way to start it than John Laddie. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate yep. that. Yep. <laughs> nice one. Coffee and a little bit of conversation.